Lisa, thank you so much for coming onto the Faking It podcast. It was such a pleasure to have you in your beautiful home、oh、on、God. your beautiful set. My pleasure, girl. I freaking adore you. This is so, this is gonna be so much fun. It's really awesome. I brought my setup here, which is my iPhones, and like having your whole setup is just gonna make this like episode so epic. Let's do so it. So thank、Love、you for sharing everything that you have with me. It means、mm. so much to me, and it's really、mm. great to have you here. You are this incredible unicorn founder, and you're an empowerment personnel. I would love to talk about a little bit with my faking it fam, your background and your story. And I think something that's so interesting about your story in particular is the expectations that your parents put on you from、mm-hmm. a very young age. And these expectations, I know you internalized and、mm-hmm. actually followed through. Do you want to talk about what those expectations were and how you broke out of them? Because I know you hit a breaking point too. Ah, I love this question. What a great question to start with. All right. So being Greek Orthodox. Probably、yeah. not a surprise that you grow up with some belief system. Yeah.、Um, and when I start to like really piece back, how on earth did I end up in a place of being a stay-at-home wife for eight years, which was not what I wanted in life?、Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. If that's your dream, amazing.、Mm-hmm. It wasn't my dream or desire. Yeah. And so when I look, how on earth this person that was a girl that had all these big audacious dreams that wanted to come to Hollywood ends up doing something that she didn't love?、Mm-hmm. And I really do think it's like you backtrack into what's all these messages that you've been given. Um, I say kind of subliminally, but I don't mean that as like a bad thing. It's like、mm-hmm. your pet to me. Your parents only know what they know. Right. And so I was told when I wanted to go to college to study film, I argued with my dad like for like two weeks. We were going back and forth, and eventually, my dad has a very thick Greek accent,、okay. and so he's just like, "Eh, it doesn't matter. You're going to be a stay-at-home wife anyway."、Mm. And so at the time, I was just excited that he gave up, and I was like, "Great, I get to go to college." Right. But the messaging of that, like you're just going to be a stay-at-home wife anyway,、right. or like I would fall on the floor and my ne- my knee would bleed at the age of like twelve,、mm-hmm. and my Greek grandmother would come running over and she'd be like, "It's okay, it's going to be fine by the time you get married." Wow. So everything was、yeah. all about marriage. Yeah, yeah. Everything was about marriage、mm-hmm. and kids. And so, why do we think we end up in certain situations? It's because we make decisions, we make choices、mm-hmm. that are embedded in us. From our childhood.、Mm-hmm. Now, I'm the type of person where people can rail against it. I can't believe I was taught that. I just go, why did my dad say that in the first place? Okay.、Cool. Because once you can understand, now almost like I don't feel like it's a war. It's、mm-hmm. just a different perspective. Right. And so my dad was brought up in a tiny freaking village in the mountains of Cyprus,、mm-hmm. where his toilet was a hole in the floor. Wow. Yeah. So this tiny village. There's maybe twenty kids.、Mm-hmm. There's no contraception, so、mm-hmm. women.、Um, so sorry. So there's no contraception. So any time they chose kids to go to school, they had to take them out of the village, take them to a whole new village,、right. and they had to study there.、Yeah. They only chose boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because women didn't have contraception, so they were getting pregnant. Right, and then、so, they had to stop working anyways. Exactly. Yeah. So my dad just grew up. In a world where、mm-hmm. he believed, he was told, he saw、yeah. that women didn't get an education,、yes. and they would be stay-at-home wives.、Right. It wasn't that he thought I was useless. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that he thought I was incompetent. Yeah, it was just the belief system. I love like the empathy that you have in that story too, because I think there's so much, you know, sexism, even homophobia,、mm-hmm. where it's really just people are taught that this is the right thing to do. That the right family is something that is just, you know, a man and a woman, and all these ideas, and it's so. Really powerful to be able to look at somebody and say, "Why do you feel that way?" You know, let's talk about it and understand where somebody's coming from because that really connects us as people 
And I think there's so much animosity in terms of different beliefs that we all have in this world that really separates us. And this is a great way to bring people together. So I, I really love that that's your perspective on it. Thank you, girl. And you know, and that's really important to me because yeah. I just see so much hate in the world. Yeah. And I just go, it doesn't serve anyone. Totally. Like when I go, what life do you want? How do you want to feel? Yeah. Do you want to feel anxious and annoyed and upset and frustrated all the time? Yeah. Now look, that, that isn't totally. to say that there aren't like, horrible people in the world. Right. I get it. Yeah. But at least the people close to me that have true influence, because that's also the other thing. When there's someone, like a troll or someone on the other side, at home, by the computer, spilling hate, the thing I go to is, why are they like that? Mm -hmm. They weren't born like that. Right. Where if you all think that most, all of us, in fact, were born, none of us could hold our head up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So along the way, we were taught how to hold our head up. Right. We were taught how to walk. So to think that we weren't taught how to think right. is missing the, the, I think, the magic that can bring us together. Right. And having seen, I was brought up in that world. Yeah. And I can say my parents got divorced. Mm -hmm. And then my mum, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. admitted she was in love with a woman. Wow. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you actually know this story. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah. wait. I think you may have mentioned it, actually. Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and so she hid it yeah. for another 10 years That's because she crazy. was embarrassed in her adulthood. Right. But now... Internalized homophobia. You know? So much. Because here's the thing. She was worried about her own um, mindset. So she was brought up in a convent with nuns. Yeah. Wow. So her own internal turmoil yeah. about saying, I'm in love with this woman, immediately activates something in her head that was like, well, then I'm going to hell. Yeah. Because she was taught that. Not yeah. because she believes it. Totally. So once you can go, what do I believe? Yeah. Why do I believe it? Yeah. Does this serve me, yes or no? Mm -hmm. Then for me, I become empathetic for who taught me. And then I go, now it's up to you to say, do you want to live this? Right. Or do you want to change it? Right. Totally. I'm actually taking a philosophy class right now at Stanford, and I'm studying a lot of Descartes. Mm. And one of his big philosophies in life was, I don't know if anything's true. I have all these preconceived notions about life, you know, about what it means to be a good person. I was taught by society that there's a God, like all these different things. And he's like, the only way to truly know is to give up whatever my foundation is and to build from scratch. And that's kind of like what you're saying too, is I have all these preconceived ideas because that's what my family said is true. Mm -hmm. That's what my community said is true. It's kind of like Galileo saying that the earth isn't flat, you know? That's crazy. Think about it, that everyone in the world said the earth is flat. And here's this man saying, hmm, maybe it's not. Yeah. It's very difficult to do that. It's very difficult to question an entire world, you know, like being that divergent person, which is why it makes sense that people in the majority don't do that. Yeah. You know? Dude, I love that you just brought that up. That's fascinating. Because the earth is flat actually is a great example because yeah. so much of you go, well, I see it's flat. People have told me it's right. flat. So it must be flat. Exactly. But That's not crazy. Right. But that's where the problem lies, where you just so assume mm -hmm. that you don't question. Right. And that's the thing. So when I go, well, shit, how do we, can I swear on this podcast? Of course. Okay. So shit, I was like, how the <laughs> hell do you like, over, like, how do we overcome this? How yeah. do we figure out what we believe? And um, the, one of the funny things was I was 21 years old. I go on a date with my husband. It was our first date. Wow. And so he comes, he doesn't, um, he didn't have a religion. He didn't believe in God. Yeah. I come from a very traditional Greek Orthodox yeah. religion. Right. I never questioned it. Mm -hmm. On our first date, we're sitting opposite each other. And he's just curious. So he goes, so why do you believe in God? <laughs> and I'm 21 years old girl. Yeah. And I sat there and I was like, because my dad told me to. Yeah, yeah. I'd never 
even asked myself wow. the damn bloody question. Right, right. And so it wasn't until he asked me the question that I realized I hadn't questioned it. Wow. Yeah. So like That's anyone profound. listening right now, like if you actually want to evolve, I think that you got to start there. Write down right. all of your belief systems. Yeah, totally. What do I believe about sexuality? What do I believe about business? What do right. I believe about humanity? What yeah. do I believe? At, right. Like literally. Politics and then go, and what? Yeah. And now, why do I believe it? Mm -hmm. And then next to that, and you've got to do this with zero judgment. So right. why do I believe it? There's zero judgment when you write that. Right. Then the next column is, do I still agree with it? Mm -hmm. And that's where now you can start to rethink how you think. Right. You can um, do which, the research, you know. Do the, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then now your question becomes that research part of it, the curiosity. Right. Yeah, and I think even the first step before you even are able to do all that is allowing yourself to question because for me, I know coming from my ultra-Orthodox Jewish community, I didn't allow myself to question whether there is a God until my like my mom told me her reasonings for not believing in the religion mm -hmm. anymore. And that was only the time when I said, okay, maybe there's a flaw with the system. I'll allow myself to question. So I think a lot of the time people don't even dare. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like daring to question your own belief system is calling yourself a liar. That's scary. Well, here's another question. And what everyone you know a liar too. Yes, that's crazy. Well, so here's the thing: What if it wasn't your mum that said it? I don't think I would have dared to question because she was the authority figure in your life. Exactly. Yeah, dude. This is where it gets like it gets tricky and yeah. interesting all at the same time. Totally, totally. So, how did you go to defy your expectations that was put onto you from your family? This was one of these moments that I have processed so many times yeah. because I was the stay-at-home wife for the eight years, mm -hmm. and I wasn't enjoying it. But I had the belief system. Mm -hmm. So I started to feel guilt and shame any time I started to even question yeah. whether I was happy or not. Right, right. And it's kind of mm. what I liken to now is, are you brave enough to open up the can of worms to deal with all the crap that comes with the can of worms? Right. So the can of worms to me is asking the questions. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think so many of us are fearful is because you don't actually want to deal with the mess that comes with it. Totally. So if you're in a relationship, let's say, mm -hmm. and you say, and you've been in it for maybe three years and yeah. you've told everybody, let's say you've told, right, you, you're in a uh, Jewish Orthodox religion yeah. and you're like, no, this is the one that I love. Yeah. And you make this big declaration right. and then you get into the relationship and you're like, I don't know if this is the one. Yeah. So many of us have like committed to it. Right. That we just keep going. A hundred percent. And so that moment of, am I happy in this relationship is so fearful that people just don't ask. Right. So I wasn't asking myself the question. Yeah. I was just like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. Now, it wasn't until my husband and his business partners decided mm -hmm. that they wanted to start a new company. Mm -hmm. It was going to be a protein bar company. Right. It happened to be called Quest Nutrition. Yeah. And we were starting from scratch. And mm -hmm. I was like, sure, I'm a good wife. How can I help? Right. So they're like, oh, you can ship bars from the living room floor. Yeah. I still just thought I was the supportive wife. Mm. So in this act of I'm just wow. supporting him, I'm, you know, we're getting rolling huh. pins, we're getting yeah. knives, we're cutting bars by hand. Yeah. But what we didn't expect is the company would grow at 57,000%, wow. which That's basically incredible. takes you from zero to a billion dollars in five years. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So now you can imagine yeah. a very insecure Lisa who all I knew had to do was cook, clean, take care of my puppies. Yeah. I was helping ship bars off my living room floor. Yeah. But my house was up for collateral. Mm. 
So in these moments where maybe we feel badly about ourselves, where we're trying something new, because maybe we're like, oh, I want this new dream. Yeah. You try something new, maybe you fail, maybe you're fearful. Yeah. So many people stop. Yeah. But because my house was on the line, I couldn't stop. Right, right. The stakes were too big. Exactly. Yeah. So my husband and his business partners were trying to exit another company. Mm-hmm. So at the time when we, this was just a startup, everyone was turning to me. Got it. Then I have like time to deal with it, and you're and you're just like, all right, I guess I have to do something. About exactly, it. I'm the, I've got plenty of time to stay at home. I've got nothing to do. <laughs> so every time it's like, okay, well you got to ship from the floor, and oh, okay, Lisa, you have to be a boss to one person, and you have to have a facility, and right. it was just like every time I like to say, every time I was had an opportunity to face my inadequacies, yeah, I didn't stop. I learned how to overcome them. Mm. I love that. And in learning how to overcome my insecurities and my inadequacies to get to the result, right? I started to realize the pursuit of getting better was magical. Mm. And in that pursuit is where I started to find the competence that then built the confidence. Right. So people think you have to start something to get to be confident. Right. But what they're missing is the confidence is the damn byproduct mm-hmm. of taking action. Right. So for me, I was just like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. That then turned into, wow, I didn't realize I was in what I call purgatory, the mundane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My life was just mundane enough. Totally. Yeah. It didn't hit rock bottom, right? Your mum's story. Oh my God, your story. Like, it's so impressively incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much. But there was a massive, like, earthquake, right? Mm-hmm. That where your mum was like, fuck, if I don't change my life, then my Kids may commit suicide. Right. Dude, that's heavy. Yeah. That Mm -hmm. is that lightning bolt. Change your freaking life. You don't have a choice. You have to. Yes. You have to act. Yeah. All these people that don't have that. Right. Mm -hmm. That's where I was. Yeah. It's the purgatory. Mm. It's just like mundane enough where you don't hit rock bottom. Yeah. So you don't make that change. Right. Mm. And the power of rock bottom, the power of going through hardship. Yeah. It is powerful. Positive too. It can be so positive sometimes. But yeah. what if you don't go through that deep hardship yeah. and you're just living your life? Right. Well, so that was, no, no, no. So that was basically my journey and how I then found the excitement to learn right. and then lent into that to yeah. then be the person you see today. But I think like something that you said that actually is so interesting to me. I always talk about the faking it mindset. So this podcast is called Faking It. It's also about female empowerment. And to me, the faking it mindset is about doing just what you said building that confidence to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, having failure be a part of success, Mm -hmm. you know, be a part of the process and not be scared to do poorly. It's all about trying anyways and having that belief in the unknown in yourself, you know? And I think what you did in your situation that's so interesting to me that I wish I want to bottle up somehow and share with other people is that you genuinely thought that you were following your expectations by working on the startup Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You were like, I'm going to be a supportive housewife and do the startup thing because that's what I need to do as a supportive housewife right now. Yeah. And by doing that, you discover this whole world of challenging yourself and realizing that you can overcome new obstacles. But the only reason you even started in the first place is because it fell within your realms of what's expected of you. Yes. You know, and so how do we create this first step for people to take that jump into scary? I don't know what's happening, but it's still within what's expected of them. You know, so they're not scared to make that first step because I think that first step is really what's crucial mm. into creating this mindset of confidence and confidence in the unknown. Oh, God. Okay. Let's break this down. <laughs> I freaking love this shit. All right. So 
I go to sometimes you don't know what you want, you don't know what you don't want until you actually ask yourself the question. So, yeah. um, so I'm going to say a couple of questions to let your audience start to think about where they are in their life. Okay. So right now, yeah. what is the when that you're using to stay stuck? Okay. And what I mean by that is, yeah. I was the stay-at-home wife that was like, I'll make movies when my husband makes enough money. Mm. I'll be happy when my husband is happy. When I lose weight or... When I have the money, when I lose weight, when I get the mm. confidence. What, when yeah. are you waiting for? Oh, because beautiful. what that does is it orients you in what that dream is, what you're okay. trying to get to. Yeah. Okay, so now I want to say, what if that when never came? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Because now if you're like, I'm going to start my business when I have enough money. Okay, great. Now in my, me putting that question, what if the when never happened? It means you're never going to get the, in your belief system, you're not going to get enough money to build your business. Are right. you okay with that? Yeah. Now, if the answer is no, because now the realization is this means I'm going to do whatever I'm doing right now for the rest of my life. Right. Now it's just like, cool. You know, you want to build a business mm -hmm. and what's holding you back is the belief to your point, mm -hmm. the belief that you need enough money. Mm. So now I just want people to orient of the dream. Okay. What's that when? Great. Now, if you've decided I'm not okay with never getting that, amazing. Right. Now you've got your, I call it the North Star. Yeah. yeah. Now you've got your North Star. Now I want people to start writing down, mm -hmm. no bullshit, what would it actually take for me to get this dream? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you write everything down. Right. So let's say you've just said money. Okay. The, the wealth may never come. So what right. would it take? So let's say you want to, um, let me think of a skill. I like to kind of play the piano. Like I want to be the best. I want to be a pianist. Okay. I want to play at Disney concert hall. Yeah. That's yeah. your dream. Okay. And you are waiting to get enough money so you can go and take lessons and buy the piano so that you can be the pianist. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how much money? Do you actually need to be able to practice playing the piano? Right. No bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you say $2,000. Right. Amazing. To buy the piano. Then you take Shh. online courses. Easy. Yes, exactly. Well, what if, no bullshit, what would it take? I have to spend 12 hours a day for the next 20 years watching YouTube channel, uh, videos on how to play the piano. Yeah. Now you actually know what it's going to take to get to the dream. Right. There's no emotion. Oh, I can't do it. Right. Yes, you can. Yeah. You can do it if you watch mm. YouTube videos for 12 hours a day for 20 years. Right. You've written that out. Yeah. Now, what this does is it creates your game plan yeah. of how you're going to get to that dream. Right. You go from ideation to actualization. Exactly. You know, really actualizing your idea, turning it into pluses and minuses instead of this huge equation. Dude, I love how your brain works. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Now, also, it eliminates the excuses. Mm. So when people say, <clears throat> I don't have enough money to, to go and practice on a rent, rented piano, let's just say. Okay. Or I don't have enough money to buy a piano. Okay. Yeah. Can you rent a piano? Can right. you buy a secondhand one? Right. Can you buy a keyboard? Mm -hmm. Is a keyboard just as good or is it worse? Mm -hmm. What if this apartment that you live in, that may be a one-bedroom apartment, yeah. what if, no bullshit, what would it actually take for you to gain enough money to go and get a piano, what if you lived in a studio apartment with five other women? Mm, mm -hmm. Would you save enough money? If the answer is yes, now you have your answer. Right. Now right. you've got your answer. You ask yourself, is that the life I want? Right. Because maybe you don't want to live in a studio apartment with five other women. Right. That 
that's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just then, once you've written out your game plan of how to get to the goal, you cross off the things you're willing to do and the things you're not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And now you look at your game plan mm-hmm. and you say, is this the life I want? Yeah. And if the answer is no, then you better believe I'm never going to beat myself up over not learning how to play the piano. Right. I'm not going to use the when as the freaking excuse anymore of why I didn't. Right. And that's that. so damn empowering because yeah. now I'm going to give you the final line that people can use. I've chosen not to play the piano. Right. Mm. Versus I can't right. or when, which yeah. is giving your power away. Right. It's like the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. Yes. It's the, I've just chosen not to. Right. It's in my power. Mm-hmm. I know I can do it. It may take me 20 right. years, but it's in my power and I've chosen not yeah. to. Now you can let go of it. Now you can reorient yourself and go, right. what life do I want? Mm. But what happens? This like really gets to me. What happens is we let our emotions tie in. Mm. We think mm-hmm. we can't. We think we're not good enough. Right. We think... You know, um, it wasn't meant for me. Who am I Mm. to ask for this dream? All right, so I see what you're saying. It gives you that empowerment of this is my decision that I'm not doing this or the empowerment of, oh, I can do this. Yes. And so I guess my one follow-up question to that would be, let's say somebody creates their game plan. They figure out exactly what they need to be this pianist. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're willing to make the, the cuts. But what if they don't have the motivation? Okay. You know, what if they really want it and they say that this is something that I really want to do, but they just don't. They can't get themselves to actually follow through. Yeah. How do you follow? Okay. So there's two types of follow through. There's actually doing the act. Did you do it? Yes or no? Because even when you don't feel motivated, I don't feel motivated all the time. Right. Oh my God. Like whoever thinks (laughs) that someone's got full time is bullshit. I'm just going to like own that now, right now. Uh, There's no one on this freaking universe, including Tony Robbins, who feels motivated all the time. Yeah. (sighs) Now that we all know that. Yeah. Let's just accept. Great. Mm -hmm. Now, in those moments where I don't feel great, what do I do? That's why you do the game plan. Mm. Because to me, when I have a mission and a goal, I don't let my emotions and feelings get in the way. Mm. I just don't. And so that's why I have the game plan. Because I go, I really don't feel like writing this email today. I really don't want to do this video. Right. But it's part of my game plan. Lisa, are you committed to your mission? Are you Mm. committed to your game plan? And so because I make a promise to myself... I then follow through. Mm -hmm. Now, look, there's the emotional side of it. I just don't feel good enough right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe I do tomorrow. Maybe I did yesterday. But right now, I just don't feel good enough. Right. There's moments where I now go, know thyself. Mm -hmm. Now, what I mean by that is, A, know your damn hormones. (laughs) Totally. We can talk about that. Sex drive. You got to know your hormones. (laughs) You gotta know your. You gotta know your hormones. It's so important. I just, yeah, I'm a big person in this. Are you really? I literally like two episodes ago was about knowing your hormones on my podcast. I'm not joking. And I interviewed like a doctor on like sex hormones. Yes, it was so interesting. It was super cool. Because if you don't know your hormones, you're gonna think there's something wrong with you. Exactly. You're gonna beat yourself up. Yeah. You're gonna think that oh my god, see, you know, Miriam could do the look how much energy she's got, and here I am. No, 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 no. When I'm on my period, I'm in bed with my legs in the air, in pain. You know, like literally just. Yeah. And that's it. And that's fine. Yes. And if if you've done, right, I'm doing the same. Like, I'm just diving into this because this now becomes our superpower. Yeah. Know your cycle. Know when you've got the most confident. There's actually a time in your damn cycle that you're going to be more confident. Yeah. 
So now you know the next time I'm gonna. I think it's when you're ovulating. I think it's just before. Yeah, is just, it? Before. just before. Yeah, just before. which actually makes sense, right? Because yeah. now you're just like you're really horny. Yeah. You're, like you're open to meeting more people. Exactly. Like, you want to go on this day. Exactly. You know? So it's like. <laughs> So yeah. it becomes this understanding yeah. of why certain times you don't feel good about yourself and sometimes you do. Yeah. As l- if you can just understand that, yeah. put it in your calendar if you have to. Right. And then circle to your point, oh, I'm due on. I know myself. I know I'm not going to feel good, right. which means I'm not going to be able to do great content, which means mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to empower other people. Mm-hmm. So I just know for this week, I'm going to do things that are more solitary. I'm going to go inwards in this week. Mm -hmm. And now when you feel unmotivated, you've almost pre-planned it. Right. And did you know actually that women's hormones are more predictable than men's hormones? Because our our hormone cycle goes according to time. Mm. You know, we have two-week period when we're high on estrogen, another two-week period when we're high on progesterone has to do with like our like rhythm of our cycle. But for men, testosterone is affected by their environment, mm-hmm. not by time. So if they see guns, there, there's an increased level in testosterone that rushes through their bodies. They see violence, there's an increased level of testosterone. So we actually have more power, in a sense, when it comes to our sex hormones, just in the sense that we can know it better. So once mm-hmm. you have that knowledge of this is how our hormones work, then we can understand it better than technically men's hormones work too, which is just a fun fact. That's fascinating. What I've heard is men's hormones are 24 hours. So Mm. it's basically, which is typically, if I can be so crude for a second, which is why guys normally get hard-ons in the morning Mm. because that's when their most uh, testosterone is the highest. So you wake up with aggression. Why? Mm. Because that's when they're going to have the most energy to go and hunt and kill the animal to bring back to feed the tribe. Right. So, But then by the end of the day, they have to actually, if you may notice, men actually retreat more in the evenings mm. where women may get more talkative. Mm. Um, a lot of more men go more into t- retreat because they have to restore the energy for the next morning to go and hunt again. It's but, probably both, maybe. Yeah. But both, right? But And then you have the women that have the... Uh, so the men have like the 24-hour cycle. The women now we're discovering have, right. of course, like the the month cycle. Right. Um, but this is fascinating it's, to me, right? Yeah. Because now, again, it's not about well, you should feel motivated mm-hmm. or what's wrong with me? I don't feel motivated right. when this really is meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. I think just knowing yourself, totally. doing it to your calendar, right. doing it to your hormones right. is so important. Right. And then I I'm agree. just going to be honest as again, is like know thyself. I bet you and me, but I'm just going to throw you <laughs> into the situation. <laughs> All right. All right. So if you, you, you put on this outfit today, yeah. mm-hmm. why did you put on this outfit? Because I drove this morning from Stanford okay. here, <laughs> and it's comfortable and cute. Okay. And I wanted to wear something comfortable. Okay. And yeah. cute. And cute. All right. So you knew, yeah. what am I about to do? Yeah. What do I want to feel? Yeah. And then what do I do and where to make me feel this way? Mm-hmm. We don't do that enough. Yeah. So um, I don't have kids, but um, I've seen so many that, if, you know, when you give a cape to a kid, right. what do they do? They think that they're invincible. They jump off the sofa. Like, <laughs> they put the fist in the air. Yeah, they yeah. do the like cute. Super, yeah, this is so cute. But they embody the superhero feeling that a piece of clothing does to them. Yeah. yeah. Now, I love psychology. Yes. So I go, okay, if this happens to kids, kids don't ask why. They right. just do it. Right. So when a kid wants to feel like a superhero, they jump on the couch, they put on the cape, and they actually act like a superhero. Yeah. As an adult, what do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. And then what is your 
cape version of that. Totally. So for me, it's my Wonder Woman necklace. Yeah. Mm, like I wear it. this Wonder Woman necklace all the time. Yeah. Now this was very deliberate because I asked myself, Lisa, you're always, you, you feel insecure when you go in the camera. Like I was always very, like yeah. uh, I was teased and bullied for my look. Mm. So I was always very insecure to be in front of the camera. Yeah. So as I started to go more in front of the camera, I started to feel insecure, petrified. Like mm. who's, people are going to make fun of you, Lisa. Right. And so I said this, I know why I need to, because I really want to create impact. Yeah. But I'm too scared. Right. I know what I want to feel, but I'm too scared. Right. How do I change the feeling to your point of how do I get motivated? Mm. How do I believe in myself enough right. to keep showing up? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So and, oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I think there's so many ways that you can do that. One, by putting things on your body. Something that I do actually every single night is I write to myself mantras for the next day. So let's say like the next day I know that I have to do a lot of work. I say in my, when I'm writing before I go to sleep, I say, you are capable of doing a lot of work. You know, you are smart. You are intelligent. You are hardworking. You will get through the day and you will feel calm and collected while you do everything too. And I'm just like, and then I always end and say, I love you <laughs> to myself every single night. That's like the last, my like good night to myself. I write to myself, I love you, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's like these practices that we have that are actually so important. And I think people may think they're weird or they're silly to wear a Wonder Woman necklace or to write I love you to yourself before you go to sleep. But no, because we're we're creatures of thought, you know, and the more that we think something, the more that we internalize it. Mm -hmm. That's how we talked about we believe anything because this is what people say, you know. And so that's why I think there's so much power in words, so much power in what we wear. And so I think to your point, that's it's really a way to motivate and internalize what we want to be. Oh, dude, I love that. I love that, what you do. And that's the thing, right, is that get all the advice. Yeah. Hear what people do yeah. and try a bunch of shit. Totally. Like, and then what works for you? So to your point about the, the necklace, I yeah. definitely felt silly at first. Yeah. I was like, it's Wonder Woman. You're an adult woman. And then I just go, you're goal-oriented, Lisa. What is your goal? And mine's like, to feel good about myself. Right. So I was like, if you think that this is going to help you feel good about yourself, why the fuck do you care what people think? Mm -hmm. And so once you start to actually process why you're worried about it, mm -hmm. and then just like, okay, well, now I've got a choice. I can worry what people think about me wearing a Wonder Woman necklace and yeah. not show up and not get in front of the camera. Yeah. Or I can actually live out my mission. Mm -hmm. Which one? Are you more worried about your mission or your ego? Yeah. And like literally sometimes when you can be that binary, because I actually like to sometimes be that binary to force mm -hmm. myself into a decision. It's like, well, of course, my mission is way more important than my ego. Yeah. Then why are you worried about what people say about your damn necklace? Mm -hmm. Right. So then you just almost call yourself in your own belief system. Yeah. And you you push yourself out of it. Yeah. Um, but then it becomes one thing I actually want to make sure people hear as well is what you just said that you do. It's a repetition. Yeah. Right. It becomes a habit. It's like yes. you don't necessarily. And in fact, when you first did it, did you feel weird? Yeah. hundred percent. And that's so beautiful that you said that mm -hmm. because I want people to. The first time you do it, it doesn't feel great. Right. The tenth time you do it may still feel silly. Mm -hmm. But if you say, this is my goal, and this is a tool I'm going to use to get to my goal, just like any tool, when you ride the bike, you have right. those like extra wheels on, right? Right. Because totally. you can't just get on a bike and ride it perfectly. Yeah. Mm. So if what we're saying is you want the skill set to be able to show up, right. you're developing how you do it, you use a tool, you have to practice at the tool. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully, people don't judge themselves and go, oh, it's going to take time. Right. Habits take like at least 30 days to embed. And uh, Yeah, and I think that ties into the know thyself because I, a lot of the times, too, people may look at this game plan list mm -hmm. and get intimidated by mm -hmm. it. You know, like, oh, shit, like, 
that's a lot of stuff that I have to do to get to my goal. So I think something that also is really good to know yourself is what is something that you can do this week, you know, that won't stress you out about it, that is working towards your goal. Like, for example, for my podcast, like when I first started, I didn't think about getting a microphone or anything. My goal is just to post once a week. That was it. My metric of success was post one. I love you know? that. And then it was the first time I did it. I used my my computer camera and I was looking up here and the camera was on the floor. <laughs> so and I posted that YouTube video and it was just literally up my nostrils. And I was so happy that I had no boogers because if I did, then it would have been way worse. <laughs> but luckily I did it. Um, if you did, would you have posted it? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't interesting. Know. I don't know. I mean, like it depends how much, you know. <laughs> well, was your was. metric posting or was your metric videoing it? Posting it. Okay. Right. That's so yeah, I, you had to you had to have posted it. I, would, I probably would have. I probably yeah. would have. Or maybe I would have re-recorded. I don't know. But I was like, it's all right. It's you know, there's a clear nostril. This is good enough. Um, but yeah, I just think like setting the goal. If let's say like you want to exercise more, you know, you want to lose weight or you want to be stronger, healthier. Setting a goal of going on a walk once a week, like just starting small. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, I that's think how it's we imperative. develop a habit, which what you said is so important to then actually go farther with it. A thousand percent. Yeah. When I first got asked to do a, a, a TED talk. Yeah. I do, it was my first time public speaking. Yeah. So I was like, wow, I'm petrified. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I know, I know what I have to do, but it doesn't feel good. Right. But I know what I have to do, but yeah. you've got to step. If you just said, well, mm-hmm. Lisa, the first step is to practice your speech and then go on stage. You're like, excuse me. Yeah. It's like telling me a baby, hey, as soon as you can stand up, you have to run a marathon. It's like, right. no, you've got to take your first step. Right. So even with your analogy of the gym, I would even say, forget about the damn walk. Buy sneakers that you're excited to wear. Yeah. That's it. Mm, yeah. Even in that week, right, if, you're, if your plan, the metric that you want to go by is, I want to be able to walk around the block yeah. in a week. You do have to break that down into microscopic goals. Because what happens is we get um, either intimidated, like you said, or we we deter because it's like, I didn't do it. See, I told you I was no good, right? In your head, you're saying this and then you don't do it. So you need, you need these little wins, Mm -hmm. little wins one by one. So to your point, if your goal is... I want to go for a walk or mm-hmm. I want to run a marathon instead of saying, well, my first step is I want to go for a walk. Yeah. Your first step, actually seven steps before that, yeah. I'm going to buy sneakers that I enjoy wearing yeah. that make me happy. Right. Step one. Step two is when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to wear them. Mm-hmm. I haven't even said that you're going out. I love I'm that. I'm just saying you're wearing them. Yeah. This is great. Step three is I'm going to walk to the nearest lamppost and I'm going to sing my favorite song, right? Like for yeah. me, it's like, how do I make this exciting and not right. daunting? Mm. So music to me is just my jam. It gets yeah. me excited. So cool. I would say, all right, Lisa, you're going to put on Sia, the song Unstoppable, and you're going to walk <laughs> until the song. Yeah, but like whatever that song that gets you yeah. excited. Yeah. Put the headphones in mm-hmm. and just walk the length of the song. Right. I and then that. walk back, that's right? Great. So that's how you can maybe take something where maybe your audacious right. goal is to run a marathon and raise money for charity. Mm -hmm. And we've started with buying sneakers. I love that. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I think the last question that I'll ask you is, what has been a moment in your life that has transformed you and how? I this don't want to give it. Yeah, I let so. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. The pressure's even harder. Oh no. Um, <laughs> so um, 
There were there were so many, and I and yeah. I don't want to give a cheesy answer, and I also don't just want to give a generic answer of like there's so many I can't choose one. But here's the reality, because I'm always going to you know obviously try to bring value, and not bullshit people. Yeah, there were moments in life that becomes a sliding door moment. Mm. Now I don't the sliding door. The movie is actually very old. I haven't heard Gwyneth of it. Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, cool. But the concept is fascinating. Yeah. Basically, the concept is a train comes. Gwyneth Paltrow is running for the train. There's one scenario where she makes the train. Mm-hmm. Right, and then she gets in just before the doors close. Yeah, and there's another alter, uh, alternate universe. Yeah, where she doesn't make the doors, mm. the train, and the doors close. Huh. Okay. And then you see the different types of paths that life takes you. Wow. And just how much Ugh. it ends up yeah. different, complete life. Yeah. That's so wild. whenever I think about life, yeah, I think about the amount of times we have these sliding door moments mm. and so i'd love to say it was this one moment and this is what you've got to watch out for right the truth is that's utter bullshit yeah it's all these sliding door moments where you love make that. one decision yeah. one decision one decision that keeps taking you down this path and so for me when i look back that one decision of i will just stay home for just 12 months became an eight year like life of being a stay-at-home wife doing something that I didn't love. Yeah. So when I go to, it was this one decision, this sliding door moment where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to stay home for 12 months and support yeah. my husband. That was a decision. Yeah. And then after that, I made some more and more decisions mm-hmm. that took me down being a stay-at-home wife for eight years. Mm-hmm. So the whole point in me saying all of this story is it's never just one. Yeah. And if you think it's just one, you're fucked. Right. <laughs> To actually realize on a day-to-day basis, and this is where I'm all about empowerment, right? What mm-hmm. what is that thing that's gonna be like? Yeah. Yeah. Every decision you make takes you in one direction. Mm-hmm. And you've just got to ask yourself, what is that direction I want to go in? And is this decision I'm making right now helping me move towards that or not? Mm. And it took my husband starting a protein bar company that happened to grow at 57,000 percent that got me to get out of. I no longer want this life. Right. I went no, I went from wanting four children. Wow. To deciding, oh my God, I love entrepreneurship. I want zero kids. Yeah. Yeah. And now I no longer want to put clothes out for my husband. I don't want to clean the house. I no longer want to do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a badass businesswoman. Yeah. Which you and, are. And and thank you. But like, <laughs> how the hell do I do that? Mm. And so it became that decision again that mm. in that moment when I was at Quest, I saw my life and I started to ask myself, oh my God, what do I want? And that became another sliding door moment mm. where I said, I no longer want to be the stay-at-home wife. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. It's mm. making me profoundly happy. Yes. So I want people to actually ask themselves, what mm-hmm. is that sliding door moment yeah. that has led them to where they are? Mm-hmm. And now what are those other moments that they can slowly, incrementally start to decide something else? Right. Because Oprah said it Damn best when people just, you guys are so lucky. You're lucky you met your husband. You're lucky you started Quest when you did. Right. And I don't believe in luck. Oprah said it perfectly. It's when preparation meets opportunity. Right. Totally. And so the question is, are you prepared so that when the opportunity comes, you can grab it with both hands? Mm -hmm. And I've kind of totally derailed the question. But I love your answer. (laughs) This has been the best answer to the question by far. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming into the podcast, and it's been so incredible chatting with you. Oh, so, my God. Thank you. You, you know, African adore you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>